welcome to Every 68 Seconds. I am your host, Courtney, and this is going to be season two of my podcast. Last season, we talked a lot about my own experience as a sexual assault survivor and also a lot of other topics that I felt don't get talked about enough in this subject. So definitely go back and listen to that season from the beginning just so you can understand why we're even here and what has happened to me as well because that'll play a lot into this season. Um, And in this season, we're going to be talking with significant others of survivors, survivors themselves, hearing different perspectives and stories from other people and as well as some experts on the subject. So just keep in mind as survivors are listening to this that you... You know, you know that some of these things will be a little bit triggering to hear. Um, we don't really sugarcoat things here because I don't think that it really helps anyone. So just keep that in mind as you listen. But I hope that you are all just as excited as I am to do this season and to listen to all these awesome people. So let's jump right in. All right, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Courtney. And I have a guest with me today in studio, which is my office. (laughs) Um, We are doing a little interview today basically because I feel like if I'm asking people a lot of questions about their story, I'd really love to have an episode where I have somebody asking me the same questions or similar questions. Um, So I thought there's no better person than one of my best friends, one of Daniel's best friends, Ethan. Um, And he just happened to be visiting this week so it was the perfect timing um so he's here with me and he's going to be leading this pretty much so i have no idea what he's going to ask me no clue what's going on but here he is (laughs) yes before this i did ask courtney hey would you like to see the outline and she said no No. full authenticity today um yeah my name is ethan i know some people who listen do know who i am i know um many probably don't like courtney said we've been friends i think i want to say a year and a half but it feels like longer something Um, like that yeah yeah, we met. Um, so Daniel and I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Marine like Daniel. And we met, um, we're both doing the pilot thing, but we met at TBS, um, Quantico, Virginia. We did a whole lot of fun training there together. <laughs> and some not fun training also together, which was more beneficial for our friendship, honestly, than the fun stuff. Yeah. And through meeting Daniel, we got pretty close. And then I got to meet Courtney. And then, honestly, since then, we've been kind of kindred spirits, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and we'll talk more about it later, but one of the things that I would also say has been the most um, bonding thing in our friendship is our is our faith that we share, our Christian faith. True that. And it's been so fun to have a friend that, uh, like, we. <laughs> it's funny, I like to share uh, something about me that, you know, people who may not know me is I love to sell things. <laughs> I love to sell things, even if I'm getting no cut. Um, it's just when I have something that has brought me something fruitful in my life, I just can't help but want to sell it to people. And He's when good it, at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's a, as, as a post Marine Corps career for me is just being some kind of salesman. But anyways, I like to share things that are important and there's nothing more important to me than my faith. And when I started sharing such things with Courtney, which I do with everyone, she was like, all about it. She read all the books I sent her. She listened to the podcast and man, it's just been such a fruitful friendship and so cool that I had this week that I uh, could come in and yep. yeah, for those of you who don't know, a Navy pilot or a Marine Corps pilot, uh, our lives are really difficult. Mm-hmm. We have only like five month gaps at a time where we just have unlimited free time and you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And I just, you know, Thank us for our service whenever you have a chance. I know, I know, I saw your face. In, in, in all honesty, what a blessing it is that. So, what the in, in truth, um, you know, we, we do work hard when we, when we have to. It's just there's a because of COVID and everything, there's like a backup. But yeah, what a blessed time that I had a chance to come visit y'all this week. Um, because of that, I don't start training for a while, um, even though Daniel's gotten ahead of me here. Um, but it's been an awesome week, wouldn't yeah, you say? I would say that. It's been great. We haven't really done as much as we planned on. Yeah. But we've done a lot of like just talking quality time, which I think is honestly better than, you know, getting oh, yeah. out and doing all the, the planned things. And I'm normally somebody who sticks to the plans. And if I don't, it bothers me a lot. But we've just been like 
chillaxing all week and just having really good conversations and I've loved that. Yeah. Lots of chillaxing, lots of really good conversations. Um one of my favorites we Courtney got a videotape of. We started talking about a sermon from a pastor and somehow, some way, we started getting from that to my ears. <laughs> yeah. And how they're slightly different. They're not that different. <laughs> Daniel and Daniel I got like... they were very different. <laughs> yeah. And so we ended up having to like take a picture and analyze it. Daniel was using yeah. a pointer. It is a, a leaf. leaf. is a leaf. Yeah. But it worked. And it was like, yeah. Just little things like that. It's been such a fun week. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's gone by fast. It has. But, what um, the heck? You already leave tomorrow. I do leave tomorrow. Insane. So sad. Yeah, it's funny. We always whenever we have a trip since I left to Texas, it's always like, oh, this is goodbye for a long time, and then two days later, like, hey, let, let's let's <laughs> let's plan a trip. trip. <laughs> <laughs> this time, I don't know when it's gonna be because y'all are gonna have primary, and that takes months. Yeah, we'll see. We actually will be working hard very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, um, what a good week it's been. Uh, last night was honestly probably one of the highlights we hosted people, but we were up to like 2 a.m. Yep. And you just got back from a workout. I did. At work. <clears throat> me and I woke up early. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little tired, but. I was in the guest room, and I was like hearing you clanging, and I was like, why is she waking me up? Why are you being so loud? And I was like, wait a second, she has to go to work. I'm here sleeping. <laughs> wait, you didn't hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Was that you trying to be quiet? Hey, yes. <laughs> I didn't know that wall is so thin, like through the shower. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I only say it, it didn't bother me that much. And I was just thankful that I wasn't you getting up that early. Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually had to, I mean, I got some caffeine in me. I'm feeling good. Ready to go for this episode. Um, I see we get right into it. Um, got to get on the road for some plans later this afternoon, but... Yeah, plenty of time to have a fruitful discussion and conversation this morning. Like you said earlier, the purpose of today's episode, the reason you guys hear my voice right now that I'm here on this podcast is we've heard you break down a whole lot about just topics surrounding um, abuse mm-hmm. in the first season. We've had three um, interviews of you interviewing other people, mm-hmm. Daniel and then your other two friends. Um and now I am kind of a, a novel on the podcast where I, before I met you, had never known anyone who has ever been through such an experience. I've never been through anything like it myself. Hopefully, I can, I, from that viewpoint, I can ask questions and provide a different perspective this morning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have some things prepared. I have some questions that I sat down and I prayed through and I, I, I tried to see if um, God would speak to me for some questions. I have some today, but also I think we should just let it flow and see where it goes. And I have a feeling it's going to be fruitful regardless. I like that idea. Sweet. First question I have to start things off is Courtney, do you remember the day, uh, when you first told me about what you had been through? Yes. Do you want me to talk about it? What was it like leading up to it? And how did you get to that point where you were ready to do that? I'm pretty sure it was in the in our car, right? I remember very well, yeah. Yeah, and car. we were on the way to a brewery. You mean Daniel? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't remember why it came up <clears throat> at all. Maybe it was was I talking about where I used to work or something like that? And I was yes. like saying that I really loved it, but it was kind of I had mixed feelings about it or something. And then I shared why I had mixed feelings about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was very in my mind, it was super. Uh, kind of random that I just like well put it out there I, don't I didn't know that I it, really it's interesting we never really had an explicit conversation since then this is really the first one yeah that's that true um, I had not planned on sharing that with you wow that's surprising to me really because I it seemed like you were there was like preparation involved oh interesting no I just yeah I just felt in the moment like I looked at Daniel and I was like this is it. <laughs> I remember I was in the him. back seat, so I didn't see that look. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I looked at him and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna tell him, I guess." Like, because we, were, I think we were talking about where I used to work and how much I loved it, but there was just such mixed feelings about it because that's where my abuser, that's where I met my abuser. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I had wanted to tell you for a long time, and that I mean, we'd already known each other at, by that point for about a about a year or almost a year, maybe. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, it was probably like just August about, or September when it when I told you. Yeah, just close to a year. So almost a year. <clears throat> and the reason I like to tell people that I'm closer with or that I hang out with more often is just because it's it's just such a huge part of who I am. And I feel like they understand me so much better when they know that. And like things that I do or say, they may understand better knowing what I've been through. And then they're also even able to maybe adjust things that they say mm-hmm. or do like based on what they know about my experience so yeah I just very on a whim like, I was wow. like okay I guess I'm gonna tell them right now like what happened man that's profound to me I I honestly up until this very moment thought that you had really there had been preparation involved that's that you so were funny. you had come to a place where that was something you had at least planned to do that at some point, and then opportunity arose, but really it was quite in the moment. Yes, very in the moment. I knew I would tell you eventually, just not, uh-huh. I wasn't sure when. Were you fearful that I would maybe not take things as well as you hoped, or maybe I would see things differently, or maybe a different kind of friend? What, it, what was um, that like? I, I know you're an Enneagram 6, and I know <laughs> I don't know 10% what you yeah. know about how Enneagram works, but I also know that one of your deepest desires is for security and safety and loyalty and friendship and and friendship. Yeah. Um, I wasn't super worried about it with you just because you've always been very accepting and like super, you want to know everything about other people's experiences. And so I didn't think you would jump Mm -hmm. to any conclusions. At least I was hoping you wouldn't, I guess, like when I told you, um, but I guess I did fear that you would look at me differently and like in a negative way. Mm. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. And if anything, man, yeah, I would just like to highlight uh, for anyone listening who's been through that or is, you know, a friend of someone who's been through that. What's so powerful about what you did is you risked being known more fully. And, and yeah. that there is real risk involved. Like, yeah. there was no guarantee. I guess, like, I had been your friend for a while and I had given you reason to believe mm-hmm. that I would continue to be your friend and, and, and encourage you and love you as a friend more yeah. after opening up. But you also didn't know. Yeah. There's real That's risk true. involved. But here's what I would say is I would like to encourage listeners. And maybe, it's, maybe it isn't something as, as, power, as, mm, as uh, so dark and, and hard to share. But even even smaller things, like I would just encourage people to share parts about themselves that matter. Because have you listened to the the Rip to Loneliness yet? I think it's the most recent. I didn't finish it yet, but okay. I listened to part of it, and I've listened to other podcasts from Jenny Allen. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar okay. topics. That was the first time I listened. So, oh, okay, and I yeah, they've they've dropped some on other mm-hmm. podcasts with her recently to mm-hmm. like drop her book. That's that just came out. I want to read it. <laughs> Me too. I want to get it. Yeah, um, but. But yeah, I, I listened to a part of that, and I'm, I'm assuming you can actually finish yeah. what you're going to say. No, of course. I, yeah, I, I asked you. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the point I was just going to make is, in this podcast, uh, it's from The Porch. Courtney and I both listen to a lot. It's an amazing <clears throat> source of wisdom for young adults and everything that we face um, in life. And this one most recently was about loneliness and about finding community and making and maintaining deep relationships with people. And she talked about, um, well, she brought statistics. They were quite honestly depressing. Very depressing. (laughs) Um, About just how lonely people are today. It's so dang lonely. And one of the things that she talked about was this idea of risking being known in order to, before you can not be lonely like you Mm -hmm. did with me. It's, It's like if you doctor yourself or if you don't share parts about you that are important to people... You're honestly not giving them a chance to love you as a friend. Yeah. And it's like, that's, I don't want to make that sound cheap because that's not easy to do. True. Um, and sometimes it takes one person to initiate and then, you know, the other will reciprocate well. And there is risk that they won't. But I would just like to say that, man, that was so great for our friendship that you did that. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage anyone else listening to, to just kind of take that risk with people that matter in their lives. Even if it's something small that you haven't shared with them that you know would just be meaningful for them to know. Like that's... And you got to wait for a good opportunity, right? You can't... Yeah. Like... It was the right time. It was the right time. Yeah. It just happened to be... wasn't something I planned, but... Mm -hmm. But you let me in and you gave me an opportunity 
just love you more as a friend. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. And another thing you said is, like, it also gave you an opportunity to, um, like, help me know how to, like, how to act around you in certain ways. Because later on in our relationship, we were, our friendship, we, um, like, we're going to fellowship together, right? And, like, I remember there's a conversation that had to happen because, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you, if, I've been talking for a while, if you want to kind of talk about that a little um, bit. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's just with my abuser, not only was it, like, sexual abuse that happened in the end, but leading up to that was a lot of spiritual abuse, which I've talked about a little bit on a previous podcast, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, as, I guess mine and Ethan's like friendship progressed he invited Daniel and I to um a bible study basically that we call fellowship and um I was terrified to go because I hadn't gone to anything like that in literal years (laughs) and I hadn't even opened my bible in forever um and I even had like a panic attack before going in but then of course it was an amazing experience like going in there it was so different than I expected but Um, as Ethan and my like relationship with like with God, we were like kind of moving through that together and he was like Mm -hmm. becoming, or you were becoming like a more spiritual, almost like mentor to me, but that's also what my abuser was to me. And so it was started to become really like triggering in a way. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what I do. You do remember? What was it? Yeah, yeah. I remember you shared... I don't remember the book you were reading, but it was a book about... I think there's like a meditation part in it or something, and I think... Something like that, yeah. And honestly, I remember it kind of well, because I was like... Because you remember things that make you emotional. Yeah. And I remember getting emotional, because I I had no... I I had no idea that, like, some response I could have could make you remember things and hurt you that bad. So I remember it quite well, to be honest, and... Essentially, you you were sharing something that uh, was meaning to, meaningful to you in that mm-hmm. book, and I wasn't as thoughtful as I should have been, and I kind of was like, I think I said something along the lines of like, like that's that's a it's a good it's a good thing to start of start off of, but here are some verses that are like contradiction to that, and yeah. like, kind of like, and then I think I got a little preachy. A little bit. I think I got you a like little sent preachy. Me a, sent me a link about like how the heart's deceitful or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like... Yeah. <clears throat> and honestly, I do remember my heart was in an overall good place and just wanting to make sure you weren't misled. Yes. But I wasn't that thoughtful in how I did it. <laughs> and I didn't think you were doing it like with the wrong intentions or anything, but it definitely was triggering for me because my abuser would just like use scripture to correct me almost but in like a really terrible way and then in the wrong like he would use scripture in the wrong way and make me think that it meant one thing that it didn't mean you know so anyway it was super triggering and I like I don't even remember if I responded I don't know but then I ended up I could tell that something was up <laughs> yeah but then we had fellowship like the next day or something like yeah that. and I was able to talk with him after talk with you after hello um yeah. and we cleared it up but I could tell like I don't know what I on your face like I could tell that it was surprising almost maybe to you when I said that to you right is that I don't I want to know what you were thinking because your face was like so different from your normal face mm. <laughs> like a face I've never seen uh it was a face of hurt mm. that I hurt for you knowing that I had hurt you mm. yeah and I don't think you had seen that much from me no. Um, in a deep way, which is why I remember it so well. Um, but that's, like, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on how, like, yes, like, that's the reality of our life. Like, we had to, you know, we had to have hard conversations sometimes. But that was so good that it happened. And it was so good that um, you had shared with me a few months prior to that. Yeah. I'm glad I had, like, told you before or else yeah. you would have had no... I probably probably would have just not with you as much yeah, probably like I, the pain it, would have because I actually sense. remember now I hadn't really talked to you much it was actually it was a few days because I remember when I talked to you um after fellowship I was like you might have noticed or maybe not that I haven't been I talking noticed. to you much you know and if I hadn't told you what happened to me I probably wouldn't have 
I wouldn't have talked to you about what triggered me. And then who knows, you know, where our friendship would have gone from there because I might not have, like, tried to rekindle it, I guess. Because in my mind, I was like, I have to separate. Like, yeah. I just, you know. Um, so I'm really glad that I had told you or else that would have been really, really difficult and hard to get it back to a good place and, like, even stronger probably than before. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think the most likely thing would have, likely thing to have happened would have been you would have just probably further distance and further distance. Probably. And, then it's and like, you would have been like, what is going on? on? And then maybe I would have initiated, like, what's going on? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm thankful that you didn't. Um, and... Yeah, getting getting far away from the main question, but honestly, I'm I'm thinking about just ditching these out these, this outline that I made and just talking about these things. Okay. Because I really like that you brought up. Um, yeah, I'm putting the phone away. Honestly, okay. let's just talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you brought up that first evening at fellowship. Yes. That had been coming for a while because uh, I've been inviting both you and Daniel. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, we hung out all the time here in yeah. Mexico, and so like. Like At least sell, once a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like earlier, I was saying, I like to sell things. Yeah. And this wasn't like a, <clears throat> this is me saying, like trying to get you to join something that had been very fruitful for me. And I've been inviting y'all for a while. And then I honestly don't remember what led up to y'all being ready to join or at least come that night. Um, I had already been reading Mere Christianity oh, by yes. then. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, I had finished it because I finished it in two weeks. You flew through Mere Dude, Christianity. Dude, I was like obsessed. <laughs> Man. Um, cool thing about our friendship actually is that Ethan gave me... Oh no, you were going to give it to Daniel, but then Daniel didn't really seem like he wanted to read it. I bought so him another copy later. Oh, I'm yeah, pretty sure it's on his night sandwich because <laughs> you read like the first chapter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but Ethan gave me <clears throat> the copy he was going to give Daniel and then... I read it in two weeks, which for, for anyone who's read me Christianity or, or hasn't, it's definitely not like an easy read, but I had never, I had not like even taken a look at my faith, honestly, in over two years at that point. And I think it's because it was way too emotionally challenging. It was just like, I had so much hurt around like Christianity in general and mm-hmm. around the Bible. Like I've mentioned before that worship music would make me nauseous and I couldn't even look at like Bible verses or like pe- if people read Bible verses to me, I would basically have a panic attack. Like it was just really terrible. And I think it was all the emotions around just Christianity in general. So when I got the book, it was so just logical and it was exactly what I needed and I I, mm-hmm. I know God knew that which is why he like yeah, yeah. you know prompted you or whatever to to give that I was definitely to try to that. give it to Daniel and then obviously ended up oh, in he'll my read hands. It eventually. Yeah, he'll read it eventually. But <clears throat> it was just so it was exactly what I needed. It was mm-hmm. perfect because it wasn't there was no emotion to it. It was all just so logical like kind of proving I guess the case for Christianity and like um, all these questions about God that I never even knew. And yet I grew up in the church my whole life, you know, like I didn't know any of these answers myself until I read that book. So then that got me somehow, I don't know how, but it it was so healing for me to read Mm -hmm. that book. And then that's when I was feeling like I was able to actually listen to some music, Mm -hmm. you know, like some Shane and Shane, which like Shane and Shane is uh, it's a Christian worship band. Two dudes who what you'd make call Christian it. music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two guys named Shane. They're awesome though. Um, <clears throat> but funny thing you might not know is that I listened to Shane and Shane all the time back when I was being abused. Wow. And so that was one of the top things that I could not listen to. Like yeah. when I like when I was in my healing process, I could not listen to Shane and Shane. Um, so that was, so they were also some of the first, and they were also some of the first that that I started listening to again. Yeah. Which is weird. And, um, and my abuser and I would send each other like Shane and Shane songs. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't know that. mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's, and it's still sometimes like a few weeks ago, I even was, I couldn't listen to Shane and Shane for like a week. I don't know what it was. It was just, I have random kind of times where I just can't do it. 
Like, Has your healing been linear? It's Has it been straight? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, is it ever? Not at all. No. It never is. No. But yeah. So anyway, we finally, I don't remember exactly when you gave me your Christianity, but it was definitely like pretty quickly that you had invited us to OCF after yeah. that. And then... <clears throat> Must have been just a few weeks, and we went golfing that day. I remember, oh, yes. I remember being so yep. like anxious, and then I was trying to just ignore my anxiety all day because I knew we were going to fellowship that night. Yeah, you got frustrated playing golf that day too. I got so frustrated, yeah, and I think that was why I was just mm. so terrified to go to fellowship that night. And anytime that I'm anxious, it kind of comes out as anger a little bit. I like to I, I like to think I can pick up on things, but I did not I did not see that that day. Really? I did not foresee that. Hmm. I thought I, I didn't see I, it I thought you just didn't later. like golfing. No. <laughs> <laughs> like man, we can't do this again because Courtney, yeah. man. Yikes! Um, I didn't realize it until I got in the car and we were on our way to fellowship, and it was literally an eight minute drive, and I was like, why can't this be like a thirty minute drive? Like mm. I just want to, you know, it was just so quick quick transition then I realized like oh my that must be why I was so angry at my golf clubs you know like yeah. wanted to throw them <laughs> um because I was just anxious so I I was fighting an anxiety attack the whole time mm-hmm. the whole drive holy it minutes. was an eight minute drive but I'm sure it felt like it, 30 it did feel really long. maybe longer yeah yeah it felt very long um because I was just sitting in my anxiety trying not to cry and then we got out of the car and we parked like to the left of your car. So I got out on the passenger, you got out of the driver and you looked at me and I could tell that you knew something oh, was I wrong. Knew. And you said, are you okay or something? And then I just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go in there. Like I, and you were kind of asking me like why? And I was like, I just feel like a fraud. Like I don't want to go in to a place where everyone's probably living perfect Christian <laughs> lives, you know, like they're sure, reading their okay. Bibles all the time. They're like, in like super deep in their faith and I'm here just getting back into it after not having opened a Bible in over two years and like not even knowing how I feel about God anymore you know like knowing things about him from the book I read but just like really not sure where my relationship was with him Mm. and then you prayed about like prayed over me prayed about you know what we're going into I guess don't remember everything you said in the prayer, I'll be honest, because I was still worked up. But it fe- it made, I don't think it was feel- me talking, Courtney. I don't think it was either, because I felt so much better after you prayed. And then we walked in, and it was just such... It was so different. <laughs> I expected like walk in, and people, like, everyone just turned look at me like, mm-hmm. why is she here, you yeah. know? And it was nothing It was nothing like that at all. It was, it was awesome. Everyone was so welcoming, and I felt, you know, very loved even though I, nobody like knew who I was so yeah it was good yeah I remember that I remember that pretty well I remember man it was like a it was one of those moments where I knew I had to just choose my words so carefully yeah. and I just <laughs> I was praying as I was talking yeah inside I was praying like God just speak through me just give me something to say that and I and I knew that I, I knew that if I could just get you if 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 I could just with God on my side get you through that front door. Yeah, that's what you said, and you were like, you don't even have to stay. Like you can just get through. Because it's dinner door first like, with our fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey. Yeah, and you were like, you can leave after dinner if you want. But I also didn't want to let you like completely off the hook. Yeah, you were like, you just come in the door at least. You know, come in the front door. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> and then the rest of the evening was peaceful. Oh, yeah. Super peaceful. I even think I just shared a little bit that night. I'm pretty sure you did. We were yeah. there. And I got, like, pretty open and vulnerable yeah. right off the bat, which is, like, a thing I do. And then when it's not received the way I think it's going to be, I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> but I always, like, hope that me being vulnerable would help somebody else open up a little bit. Um, and not that it happens every time, but sometimes it does. So I just remember being like... I have not opened a Bible in over two years and I just came here. And this is a really big deal that I'm here right now, you know? And yeah. I even went to like the ladies Bible study soon after that and kind of shared the same thing and shared with them what happened to me. Like literally the first day meeting, first day meeting them, which is not a normal thing for most survivors, I don't think, but it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like that, but. I think it was the, I think it was the community we were around too. Yeah. No, none of them are perfect. None of us are perfect. Yeah. Um, but there are people who 
all had a relationship with God and and they saw you with the mm-hmm. way, the way that he sees you and they if I remember correctly everyone just kind of just surrounded at like after the fellowship itself it was just an amazing moment of just like people surrounding us and mm-hmm. and a lot of them just said thing like they came up and said thank yeah. you for being vulnerable and sharing that so in the moment I was like why did I just say that and then after I was like okay I guess it was received well <laughs> yeah. what a what a good just thing that night was um and something that we do believe and it's interesting i i've i talked to many people who don't have a faith or especially you know a christian faith maybe they believe something else but a lot of people are quick to say things like oh i believe in ghosts and i, I believe in I, oh, I believe in this especially like i find when it comes to the topic of horror movies mm-hmm. people are like oh i'm not watching that demonic movie i i believe in that and it's like well, do you, have, do you have faith about other things? He's like, no, I just believe in demons. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and the reason I bring it up is because we, like spiritual warfare exists mm-hmm. and it's real. And there's, a, there's, and you know, I don't want to get too preachy on this, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, but I, I just want to say that I believe that was, that was a battle. Yeah. That I day. Think it was too. I mean, honestly, the whole two and a half years was such a battle for me. Yeah. Like I, turn to so many just not great things to try to fix myself and then also try to ignore it at the same time. Like there was times where I would try to ignore it and push it down and feel like I was having like a bad day. I was just having a bad day with my experience and like lots of triggers and lots of um, intrusive thoughts and stuff. And it would make me just so like, I remember just, I think I, mentioned to you before but like before getting back into my faith just this last October I was just so angry like I was angry at all of the things and it and it wasn't even like I wasn't explicitly angry at a specific thing it was just like anger would come out of me when I would get worked up about something um and I still deal with that a little bit but it's so much better like I don't speak with so much anger anymore when things bother me or when Daniel makes me upset, you know, like I, I'm so much more careful with my words. And I think Daniel makes you upset <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> maybe like once a week. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, like that whole two and a half or however long, however many years it was before I kind of got back into my faith was such a battle. Looking back on it now, I see that obviously when I was in it, I didn't really see that, but it was such a battle. I was dealing with so many, just, I was, there was parts of that where I was just so lonely. Like I went Mm -hmm. from having my friend that was living with me, she moved out. Then I was lonely for two months there. Um, and then I, she moved back in with me and then I was okay. And then got married and like, there's so much stuff that happened between my abuse and now. And that was all such a battle, like trying to combat loneliness, depression, anxiety, PTSD, all of the things. And I never thought that I would be the person to go through those things ever. Like Mm -hmm. I never thought I would be suicidal or question my faith or, um, be depressed or have any like anxiety or PTSD. I I was like, Oh, PTSD is for people that go to war and like come back, you know? Yeah. Um, I never thought that would be me. And then it was, and that was really difficult for me to deal with. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that brought up another thought, actually. Mm-hmm. I talked about Real lot, quick, just, but... just to wrap that up real quick. And then oh, yeah, remember ahead. that thought. I was just going to say, just as just to say again, like, yes, spiritual warfare exists and you lived it. Oh, yeah. You lived it. And you know what? We're all going to keep living it. But we're on the wing side. And that, that evening in fellowship was the beginning of a whole lot of victories. I agree. And I'm definitely, I just feel like I'm more equipped now mm-hmm. when I do have those feelings of anger that come up sometimes because I still yeah. have them there it's just I'm so much more equipped to combat them when they come up you know or like yeah. the anxiety that I have like anxious thoughts or whatever like I remember two months before or I mean honestly leading up to going to fellowship and since then everything um but before that I would like Daniel would go out with friends and I would sit on the couch and just like literally think to myself he's gonna die wow. and like I was so terrified that he was literally going to die while he was gone. Wow. And yeah, it's crazy. Like the th- the thoughts that would go through my head, like he's going to get in a car crash or like this is going to happen. And if he didn't answer me, I'd be like, he died. 
Like, I, I remember that time he got really sick it. too. What was that? Oh yeah, he got. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as. Um, but sounds, but he had, it, it definitely went through my head. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, like he's going to die. Um, but yeah, like before going to fellowship and getting back into my faith, like that was another thing that I was battling so much was just the, the fear and anxiety about random things like that. Where like now if he goes out, I'm, it might, it definitely comes up in my head. Mm-hmm. It's not that the fears aren't there anymore. It's just, I'm more equipped to speak truth to myself and like, not dwell on that forever like literally for hours on end and like trying to watch a tv show to get my mind off it and it's like not working and in the back of my brain i'm still like he's gonna die he's gonna die or like Mm. he's already dead and if he doesn't answer you like he's dead you know so you've mentioned things along those lines before i didn't know is that oh yeah it's so uh, bad frequent yes and yeah, I think about that now even, but it's just I don't dwell on it like I used to. But I would put myself into literal anxiety attacks over it. It was bad. Wow. Mm-hmm. But what? I'm more equipped now, which yeah. is a really awesome thing. What do you think some of the practical things, like the actual tangible things, is, is, is it, you know that have been added to your life or you've added to your life that have helped you get to that point? Um, honestly, Being able like, to identify lies... And yeah. things like that before they take control and take you captive before you can take yeah. them captive. I honestly have benefited so much from just like the podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. I used to fill my brain with a lot of just like personal development podcasts and just, you know, those kind of books and Which have merit. Watch they do. Oh, they totally yeah. do. Yeah. But like the only things going into my brain were those and then like maybe some TV shows and I would listen to like um, maybe some political ones about like the news, like what's going on in the world. And I didn't fill my brain with anything super good, just like positive, good, wholesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then now I honestly, like I, we were talking about the other day with Daniel, he thinks I'm insane. Cause I listen to like, I don't know. I'm on your year, side. Now. Three or four podcast yeah. episodes a day mm-hmm. and they're all Christian based. And I just feel like filling my head with that stuff is so much better than scrolling through Instagram all day long or, you know, watching like a rent. Like, it's not bad to watch a TV show. Like, I'll still Mm -hmm. put on The Office if I want to laugh. But, like, before I ever do that, I'm listening to, like, other things that fill my head with truth. Yeah. And then also, when I remember to, I don't do it every day. But starting my day with, like, just meditating on some kind of scripture some kind of like if I go on like um, a bible reading plan thing and I just read that and I go through a commentary and I try to like understand what it's trying to tell me mm-hmm. um, that really puts my brain in like a totally different space Same, yeah. so I don't know it's just I think it's just filling my brain daily with really good things like and um, good things come from God so like the things that are wholesome and holy and um, they just put I don't know. They put my brain at ease. And then when I do think of the anxiety, those anxious thoughts, like I know, okay, that's an anxious thought. And even, even ones that I have listened to before that are literally about anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. that have helped so much. Like when the Bible talks about like, don't be anxious. It doesn't say, just say, don't be anxious. It says so much more after that, like dwell on good, holy things. Um, and be think, I don't remember exactly, but like be thankful to God and, you're like thanking him, focusing on what you're grateful for is something I do. And then just dwelling on the truth instead of like these false ideas, like Daniel's like, I don't know if Daniel is dead. So that can't be a truth. You know what I mean? Like it can't mm-hmm. be true that he is. Cause I don't, there's no way for me to know, but I'm not the one in control. God is. And like, he's sovereign over it mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. And anxiety is not a fruit of the spirit. No, it's not. not at all. <laughs> it doesn't say that in the Bible. It says yeah. the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I mean, personally, as I've grown closer to God, each of those areas of my life, each of those things have grown in absolute abundance in a supernatural way. Yeah. In a way that cannot be described in anything else. Than I don't think I had peace that entire two and a half years and and I'm finally feeling like I have a little bit of it (laughs) (laughs) I'm not like fully at peace at all but I just have so much more peace than I did and I feel like I'm it's kind of growing yeah over time 
Yeah, in that in that vein of practicality, um, God says in His Word, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Mm-hmm. He's concerned about what you put in your brain because, like you're saying, like, and or, or like like how you have experienced what you what you feed your mind, what you feed your heart is going to feed your emotions. Mm-hmm. Those are going to feed your behaviors, your actions. Um, it's all, it all kind of can be at least indirectly, you know, controlled in how you feed yeah. your mind. Yeah. Even the music I used to, like, that I listen to now is different than what I used to. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to music much anymore because I normally am just listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would listen to, and it's not, I didn't even listen to, like, bad music necessarily. Yeah. But, like, what I would work out to was not super wholesome and, mm-hmm. like, in the car, I would just listen to country all the time, which is great, but it's also not always the best message maybe that they're sending. And yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not that it's so bad. It's just that it's not great or good. It's like not filled with that goodness. Yeah. Like the podcast and like worship music might be. So I don't know. Just filling my brain with really good things as mm-hmm. often as I can um, has helped a lot. And then just knowing when I have those thoughts that they're not the truth. And reminding myself, like, that's not true. I don't know that that's true. Like, mm. true has to be absolute, in my opinion. Absolute truth, you know? So it can't be it can't be true unless I know for a fact that it is. So I, I just try to remind myself that and then focus on grateful thoughts. Like, thankful thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's all super good. Um, just to kind of summarize it and keep it on, on track is, like, man, our brains are an amazing thing. Uh, we are the most exquisite design that God has created is human beings themselves mm-hmm. in the image of him. Um, but how we choose to, how we choose to entertain our mind can really, yeah. can really affect us. Oh yeah. It affected me a ton, which can I didn't really, even realize really it. Us. When I was in it, I didn't realize that until mm-hmm. I was out of it. I was like, Oh yeah. wow, it's such a huge difference. And I'm sure there's a lot of factors to that, but mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So that's a big part of healing. Uh, if you're looking for healing is just taking control of how you're, feeding your brain. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to, um, we talked a lot about that first experience at the fellowship. I kind of wanted yeah. to just kind of talk about, I think one of the highlights of my time in Pensacola was okay. the time. I don't know how long it was in between, but when you set up to lead worship, so you went from, <laughs> yeah. So the, the fellowship it was probably goes, like a month and a half. I want to say it was longer or... than that, but maybe it wasn't. Cause you moved in December and I started going in October. So oh, it had really to be November. Quick? That's so cool. Okay. It's so like, yeah. So <laughs> I, think I, I think this is valuable for people to, to hear is we talked about that first evening, mm-hmm. how much of a battle it was, how much of a victory it was towards the end of the evening. But then not long after that, you went from anxiety attack, mm-hmm. horrible anxiety going into it to volunteering. And, and like you said, music would make you nauseous. Yeah. Even, and, and how, how that went from that situation to you stepping up voluntarily to lead music. Cause you don't know Courtney has a beautiful voice. She does. She can lead music pretty well and she can apparently play piano while she does it. Thank you. Yeah. Quite impressive. <laughs> um, how did you get there? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't even know how I did that because another part of my experience was that the piano was kind of the thing that connected my abuser and oh, I. Yeah. So, and there was a piano at our work, and we would go down and play it every once in a while. Of course, he played it mm. most of the time. Didn't really let me play it much, but I would go down and, like, play the <clears> piano <throat> on my own, and, like, it was just something that connected us. Um, and I was like, wow, he likes music like I do. That's so cool. And that was, like, I don't know. And then he would play, you know, worship songs or whatever, and I remember writing a worship song, and showing it to him and he was super critical of it and like like in a bad way (laughs) very negatively critical of it um and then I just was so like after that I was like I don't even want to play anymore um and then not you know shortly after that was when my sexual abuse happened from him and that I mean obviously disconnect our relationship and then from then on I didn't listen to music that was worship music at all I did not play the piano and like I also didn't really have access to one I guess I mean I was still there at that work but even when I was there I was like I'm not playing that anymore because that was like the piano that we used to play and I didn't want to play 
with those kind of thoughts in my brain. So going from that to <laughs> playing the piano and leading worship, I literally don't know how I did that. I think it was all God because it's, that's certainly supernatural. There's nothing. There's no yeah. I didn't even that. get to like really practice before either. I think it just flowed once I started. Cause I, at first I started to have a lot of anxiety and I literally forgot how the song went and I was like, I can't do like, I think I a lot having, of the music was Shane and Shane music that night, too. Um, yeah, like, three of the songs were Shane and Shane. One was Bethel, which I do have strong feelings about Bethel myself, but it, a lot of those actually come from my abuser. And so me picking songs was actually difficult because then I was very critical of what the songs were, what the words said, because his mm. one of his, like, things that he would do was just so be super, super critical of pastors and music. And if it was, like music from a bad church then it was basically equivalent to worshiping satan like wow. not worshiping god and you're like part of the people who worship who they think is god but they're actually worshiping satan so like even just picking music to do that was so hard for me i was like i don't even know what to choose and then yeah just i don't know how i did that <laughs> i really don't but yeah you didn't do it alone um yeah i just remember just being like just so full of just joy. It just there's nothing more more joyful than seeing God work in the lives of others or in your mm-hmm. own life. And I was just like sitting there. I remember I was next to Brian Kando next to me with his beautiful deep voice singing, <laughs> covering my terrible terrible singing. And that was strategic sitting next to him so he could cover oh, up my singing. Yeah. Uh, and but man, I was just like so thankful that I got to see what God did in your life. Mm. And there's so much healing, and I know it. Like we said, it's never going to be linear. The world yeah. is it is a spiritual battle battleground. We're not we're not warring against flesh and blood. That's what God tells us, and we experience that every day. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you're not you know you're Christian, you experience that. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because that's so beautiful. What a beautiful thing just to see you stepping up and leading worship that night. Mm. Um, that was pretty cool. That was a big step, honestly, for me. Huge step. Yeah. Huge step. Um, I wanted to go back to that, what I, the thought that I had before. Oh, yeah. I think you'll finish it out well. (laughs) Sure. Um, But I was mentioning, like, I never thought that it would be me and just me experiencing all these things, me being raped, me being, you know, depressed and whatever, all that stuff. And that, I think that was honestly the base kind of thought that I had that led me to have so much shame. And I still have a lot of shame, too, that I am dealing with. I think, like, the first step for me was forgiving my abuser. Mm-hmm. But I'm still... I still feel like I have to forgive myself and have this all this shame inside of me. I think that's what I'm working on now. I feel like that first step was, like, getting to a point where I was not angry anymore with my abuser. Um, and I don't even... I don't, I can't really pinpoint even like a point where I, a time where I like specifically forgave him. It's definitely been in the last five months or so, like since I, yeah. um, you know, got back into my faith. Like before that I would be like, I think I forgive him. Like I want what I want good for him, but it wasn't until I started, I actually like prayed for him, which was probably November, December or something. Wow. I like prayed for him in my mind, I didn't like write it down or anything. It's like, I don't want to make it that concrete. <laughs> like, but, um, but I prayed for him in my brain, just kind of like hoping that he would repent from what he did to me. Mm-hmm. And that just praying and begging God, like, please don't let him do this to anyone else. Yeah. Like, because that's something that is on my mind a lot with, you know, people pretty much right after I <laughs> told people what happened, um, I was pressure. I I was pressured. I, I, that sounds bad, but I was pressured to like report it. Yeah. And one of the things people would say was like, "If you don't, what if he does this to other people, like other women? Because it's you're probably not the first. Mm-hmm. But then in my mind, when people say that, I know it's meant well, but in my mind, that means okay. So if he does do this to somebody else, it's my fault. But it's not mm-hmm. my fault. Like it. <laughs> It's his fault. It's, it's him doing it. Yeah. But just because I don't report, you know, if I didn't report it, that means that him doing it to other people would be my fault. You know, that's how it felt to me. Um, 
<clears throat> so I did end up reporting it before we moved down to Florida. And that was a really big step for me. But it wasn't, it was finally, the reason I was able to do it was because I, I wasn't doing it really out of anger anymore. It was just like, I feel like this is the right thing. And it's going to be really good for me to do this. Like just kind of almost take power back in the situation. Um, and then since then I've been able to slowly forgive him for what he did to me and, and actually want good for him. Like I, I don't, I don't want him to continue on being this broken person because there's nobody like nobody would do that if they weren't broken already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think now it's just dealing with the shame that I still have and like feeling like I need to forgive myself forever putting myself in that position, you know? Um, but I haven't really talked about like I haven't had like an episode about like forgiveness, like how to forgive your mm-hmm. abuser. And I don't, and and that's the reason I guess is cause I don't want to make people think like they have to right now. Like it's not, I wish that I could say like, just forgive, just forgive your abuser. Like it's not a big deal, but like it is, it took me, two years or however long for me to even get to a point where I could think, think about him and just be like, I do want, you know, best for him. And not, not that I don't still have days where I remember things and I'm just like, Oh, like it makes me so angry that he did this. Um, but it's more so just anger with the situation I'm in now versus like anger with him and like wanting the worst for him. So I remember like right after like a couple months after, um, being like at the gym one day and I just, think I saw that he was like posting on Instagram as though like nothing ever happened and it just made me so upset and I just remember being like I'm gonna like I listened to some you know hardcore song and I was just on the elliptical which I never used but I no it was I think it was Ariana Grande (laughs) and it was just like so hardcore in my brain I think it was more so my own brain not that song but the song was helping out I was just like oh I'm gonna get him like I'm gonna you know like I was so angry I was filled with so much anger I just want to like I want to like kill him pretty much um but the next day I was like I can't do it (laughs) um so there's a lot of times where I was super angry and I wanted to report out of anger but then I got to a point where I reported it I think for the right reasons and now it's just dealing with I guess the shame that I still have yeah so I don't know. I feel like I should share that. Yeah, no, thank you. I think that's good to share. Um, what's on my heart to respond to that? I don't. I don't want to get all preachy or anything on this <laughs> podcast, but because I I know not everyone listening shares the faith that we do, but as Christians, we are commanded to forgive. Yeah. And we're not just commanded to forgive; we're we're, we're commanded also why to forgive, and it's we forgive because we've been forgiven, and it's true that. Forgiven people are forgiving people, right? Yeah. <laughs> As some would say. Yeah. Um, and we have something that people who don't have, share our faith don't have, which is just a knowledge that we have been forgiven of things that we don't deserve to be forgiven for. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's a hard thing for um, people who aren't, you know, sharing that faith. But for those who do, the the pathway to forgive is to not dwell on, I mean, I just have to forgive. I have to make myself forgive. But it's... Yeah dwelling on the truth that we have been forgiven and when we realize just how much which is so much more than mm-hmm. any any hurt that can be done to us yeah that, and, that allows us to forgive others yeah and one thing that a pastor that we listen to a lot uh jp Let, yeah let's, let's name names let's, let's also name names as we as we conclude like what are these podcasts True. that help okay, you let's so give people JP some he is um yeah He's a pastor of a church called Harris Creek Baptist in mm-hmm. Waco, Texas. We got to go a few weeks ago. It was amazing. Sure did. It was the best. Yeah. Um, but he also has a podcast called Becoming Something. And that one is just awesome too. And I and I think he's talked about it on the podcast as well as in the recent a recent um sermon he did, but it was on forgiveness. And he actually said something that stuck out in my mind, and I don't think I've ever I've never done this like writing it out. But I do think I've done it a little bit in my head to where he's like if somebody has deeply wronged you, even if it's, you know, kind of a small wrong, but like if it, especially if it's a deep wrong, um, it's, it's really helpful to write out what they took from you. And he took so much from me, like so much. And I don't think I've never like written that down, but I do think I've kind of 
you know, I've come to terms with the things that he has taken from me and just decided like, you know what? I forgive him anyways. Like not that it's okay he did those things Mm -hmm. and took them away, but just I choose to not keep that as this like anger inside me. It was like this red rage inside me all the time because I would, I knew all these things he took away from me and Mm -hmm. I just blamed him and blamed him and um, it was just kind of accepting, coming to a place of acceptance of like, okay, these things were taken from me. Am I going to sit and be angry for the rest of my life? Like, that sounds terrible. How am I going to be as a mother? How am I going to be as a wife? Mm-hmm. How am I going to be as a, as a friend? You know, like I will not be my best self if mm-hmm. I hang on to this literally forever. And JP also talked about every person you have not forgiven is like a rock that you have to carry around with you. And he even has counseled people and like literally was like, Hey, there's like three or four people or however many that that are in your life who've wronged you and you haven't forgiven them. I want you to literally carry around (laughs) four rocks or however many rocks. And you have to carry these around in your purse, in your pockets, whatever, in your luggage, like that Mm -hmm. one girl. Yeah. Um, and that's just like a, it, it's like a symbol, but it's so meaningful. Like you literally are going to carry these rocks around the rest of your life. That's so heavy. It's mm-hmm. so, it takes so much more effort just to get through your day. Like it just, it's so heavy. And I remember feeling that like all the time. And I still have days where it's heavy, of course, cause I'm dealing with my own kind of shame of things or, you know, intrusive thoughts, but it's, I'm not. I'm not carrying this anger towards him anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. Like I just, the fact that I was able to pray for him, I think was like my final, Yeah, that's that was like the final thing. Like it was just, and I think that's, that's something amazing. that JP said in a podcast was like, you, like if you can pray for that person and pray that good comes to them or that, yeah. that they, you know, change their trajectory or repent or whatever, mm-hmm. just pray something good for them. Like that's a huge step. Um, and for me, that was like kind of the final step of forgiving him for what he did. So. Yeah. I find the most immediate answer to prayer most often for me is just an, a change in my own heart during that prayer and immediately afterwards. Oh, like yeah. you can, yeah, being able to pray for someone that's taken and that's, that's important too. I think, I think that's not just important. It's, it's necessary that forgetfulness isn't forgiveness. You can't mm-hmm. just, you can't just forget things and that doesn't count as forgiveness. You have to no. do it. Like you said, I think yeah, writing things down is good. The things that... You have to take into account the cost. Mm-hmm. That's true forgiveness. You have to recognize the cost and realize someone has had to pay for this or has to pay for this. Yeah. And, and then you have to make a conscious decision Yeah. Uh, to not, to, you know, whether it's in your heart or maybe you have a conversation with that person. Um, mm-hmm. It's not forgetfulness. It's not just saying, no. oh, I'll just forgive and forget. It doesn't exist. No. That's and not I'll not. And it's not like I forgave once. And yeah. and I think that's why I can't pinpoint a day that I like forgave. And it's it's over now. Like it's something I do have to kind of revisit sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I've, you know, I've forgiven him. Now I pray for him again or whatever. Um, it's something that I'm never going to forget those things. Mm-hmm. So it's something you kind of have to revisit, I think. But it's just yeah. having you know, you kind of know how to do it now because you've done it before. Um, so just redoing that if however many times you need to, to find like joy again, honestly, yeah. like there's so much joy that was taken from me and I yeah. decided to take it back, you know, it is a mess. And you, you do carry those rocks. I think they grow over time too. They don't just stay yeah. the same way. I mm-hmm. think. And like you said, like in your marriage and your other relationships that are good, if you kind of flex the unforgiveness muscle, it grows, I think. Yeah. It does. (laughs) And it, and it festers and it definitely, yeah, it just ends up costing a whole lot more. So that's so good. I think that you might have another podcast to make in the future about forgiveness. I think so. so. (laughs) Um, hopefully, uh, we can just summarize here and I gotta, I gotta go make a a lunch date with some, well, the family, not a, not a date date (laughs) with my neighbors. Um, so excited to, to have that. And then we're going on a beach picnic. We are? That's what Daniel was saying, at least. Oh. His family said that's... Or his parents want to do that today. That so fun. Yeah, we got a great rest of the day planned. It's plan. a beautiful day. It's Have so beautiful. It Honestly, it's almost a little too warm. Hopefully, the water is nice. Little. But at the beach, it should be cooler, right? I think it should be. Maybe? Yeah, maybe there'll be some waves. Daniel can teach me to surf. Oh. But I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll there aren't that. any waves here in Pensacola. No, there's really not. <laughs> he said he'll bring a surfboard. Wait, what beach are we going to? Uh, Johnson Beach. 
Yeah, because I'll be close to I'll be close oh. to there. We can we can do whatever. Least favorite beach. Okay, I think we're not going to Johnson Beach anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's fine. No, it's it's closer to them, so that makes sense. Okay, yeah. we can still change that on the fly, but okay. um, we got an awesome day. We got to get to. Yeah. I would like to together try and just summarize some of the key things we talked about today okay. for our listeners. Um, and I can just start us off, but I, I could do. definitely use your help because we okay. did talk about a lot. We did. I think it's a great conversation. Yeah. Um, so thankful for this. What a blessed time it's been. Um, we talked about, let me pull up my notes again. Cause they <laughs> my notes been locked the whole time and I, you know, it was good that I prepared things, but also I'm really glad we just kind of just went yeah, with it. Yeah, just went with it. So one of the things we did talk about was just how important it is to risk being known in yeah. order to be known, in order to not be lonely in mm-hmm. your life. And in part, and like the word risk is accurate. There is risk involved, but it's worth it. That means there's reward, though. It means there's reward. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, there you go. With great risk comes great rewards. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. Well. Yeah. Almost always, I think. With the right people. Yeah, They will. And you know what? If I hadn't responded well, then I wasn't ready to be a good friend for you. Yeah. And and that would have been a good thing in its own way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's important, and I want to just emphasize that, and I'm thankful that that day you did bring me into your life in that way and yeah man's been such a good friendship since and someday uh our families are all going to live on the same compound yes yeah just buy a big old piece of land build yep. some houses on it <laughs> yeah we'll we'll hire chip and joe yes they'll come in and they'll build us a beautiful joanna Gaines needs to build my house yeah um hold on we got i'm trying to i'm trying to um, trying to get all the rest in here so yeah super important that you are real with the people in your life. Yes. Um, as far as healing, uh, we talked a lot about our faith and how that's brought us healing. If you are someone who uh, maybe has grown up in faith, maybe you, like there's a, just a lot of possibility of, of, of listeners right now. Yeah. Uh, for those who are familiar with Christian faith, maybe you're looking to, I mean, if you are, you, we're all trying to grow. Some of the resources that we've mentioned, let's just kind of list some of them out that people can okay. go to. So I Mere Christianity. Okay, yeah. Mere Christianity. By Can't sell that enough. No, I really can't. Honestly, that no, literally got me to where I am now. So. I've bought like 30 copies for people. <laughs> now. I just keep sending them I need to start doing that for people because I've had people that I've mentioned it to. And I'm like, yeah. you got to buy it. But I'm like, okay, I just need to give it to them. Because yeah. that's what you did for me. I probably wouldn't have gone and bought it myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mary Christianity is yeah. awesome. We can talk about that book forever. A Praying Life is another book we've read. By Paul Miller. Paul E. Miller. Yeah. And um, we've already mentioned Becoming Something podcast, Harris Creek Baptist Church, The Porch the we porch. mentioned, which yeah. is another podcast. And if you you might even be somewhere where they have like the Porch Live events. Yeah, they have a few locations on Tuesday nights, around. I think, but you go to theporch.live I think is their website mm-hmm. um, and then Views from the Porch is a podcast I just recently discovered let's give a, a brief description of each so the Porch okay. is going to give you uh, a sermon like a sermon. sermon based yeah. uh, it's for mainly young adults but there is wisdom for everyone in all walks of life Yeah. and they are as real as it gets there is no sidestepping hard conversations with the Porch mm-hmm. there is no doc- yeah there's no prosperity gospel there's no like just making it all sound amazing it's yeah. real it's real biblical, stuff real life stuff real life stuff um it's what's it's what we all need to hear yeah um in a sermon form yeah uh becoming something and views from the porch are two awesome awesome resources yeah. they're very from, similar to each other yeah yeah yeah. they're they're more of a conversation yeah super conversational like this and they just talk about like the really important and relevant topics in the lives of especially 20s like people in their 20s and 30s mm-hmm. um like the topics that you probably have questions about they talk yeah. about those things and they they get in like deep with it but they do it in like 20 minutes super cool i don't know how they keep so, it so short but so so good um yeah, yeah so just pull up your podcast app look at one of those mm-hmm. both of those just scroll through if you if you want to look for something that really speaks for you or go in order you're going to find yeah. things that will Absolutely. wisdom that will literally change your life yeah and just start listening to them daily because that's what I've done and it's been so fruitful for me. Yeah. Filling my brain with that stuff. Yeah. I just really like the title of Becoming Something because like that title in itself is so profound. Like we are literally in every moment becoming something. We are either becoming, you know, more prideful or more humble. We're either becoming yeah. more healthy or more unhealthy, yeah. you know? It's like we're always becoming something and you can choose what you want to become. Mm-hmm. We get some free will on that. Yep. 
Which is um, honestly the whole point of just this is like choosing whether you're going to be angry forever, whether you're going to forgive, yeah. choosing if you'll sit in anxiety for hours or whether you'll focus on the truth, mm-hmm. um, choosing whether you're going to actually take healing into your own hands or if you're going to stay where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to take the first step. Yeah. Yeah. And not expecting it to be linear is good too because yeah. <laughs> it just won't be. And if yep. you... Yeah, you don't want to be shaking off your path of healing yeah. because you're expecting it to be something it won't. Um, I think that's a pretty good synopsis. Um, so and definitely reach out to, like, Courtney and I are both on Instagram. There's nothing yeah. more either of us would want to talk about oh, than yeah. our faith. Seriously. Seriously like, just give either <laughs> of us a call. I can at least so speak for me. I would, man, if you have a couple hours to spend, <laughs> yeah, he'll DM me. I'll show you my phone number. I'm Ethan underscore K97. E-T-H-A-N-C-A-I-N-9-7. On Instagram, hit me up. I would just love yeah. to share my faith with you and just talk with you and be your friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know that's the same for you, right? So. Oh, yeah. Y'all know you can find me. Oh, wow. We're now we're I know. Minutes. <laughs> Gosh. Y'all Man. know you can find me at I wonder if anyone's Center. listening right now. <laughs> they, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I hope so. They, they, there's probably like two. <laughs> okay. For those of you listening right now, congratulations. Yeah. You, man... I'm so happy that people are listening an hour and four minutes into Me this. Me too. Hopefully they've enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, but let's let's end it out. Thank you guys for listening for so long with us um, and just letting me be vulnerable with y'all. Like it's super, it's just, I'm just so thankful that I have this platform, obviously, that God put on my heart that I'm able to be vulnerable with you guys and share in that vulnerability with people who've already shared um, and the people who will share in the future. So Thanks for being here, and I'll talk with you next week. Mm. (laughs) Bye, y'all.